Welcome back to Upstate Anecdotes. I am one of your hosts, Caroline Pruitt, here with another episode of Unseen Greenville. Last episode, I talked to Tony McDade about the history behind some of the poverty we see today in Greenville, specifically on the Whitehorse Corridor. And today, I will be sharing an interview with some people I met at a Waffle House on Whitehorse Road. I wanted a first-hand account of some of the topics Tony McDade discussed, and here it is. I pulled up to the Waffle House on Whitehurst Road at about 4.30 in the afternoon. I picked this time because I thought there would be less people there, and I was right. I was the only person in the store. This is me talking to Mike, who offered to talk with me about his experience living around the Whitehurst Corridor. Do you live around here? Five minutes away from this store. (laughs) Word. Okay. And how long have you lived here? I'm 28 years old, 28 years. Wow. <laughs> Your family lives sure. here too? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> All of us do. Word. So, why have you stayed so long? Uh, I ain't never left. <laughs> I mean, I had vacations, but I ain't never left. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm. I can't leave. My brother, matter of fact, my brother, one of my brothers, yeah, my brother's about to go to Miami. Proud of him. I'll probably stay. Yeah. Do you like it here? It's alright. Yeah. It's where, where you live. You ain't gotta like it. It's where you live. For real. Yeah. Um. How long have you worked here at the Waffle House? Three years. Over three years now. Next year be four years. And you're a cook? I cook and serve. Um. Have you ever wanted to leave Greenville? Mm. As to live, like, or like vacation? To live somewhere else. Yeah, and no. I kind of moved like anywhere. Never really stayed in one spot till. So about 12, about 11, 12 years old. Now I stayed in like one spot the rest of my life until about. Where all have you lived? Uh. This is just neighborhoods, Philcrest, Nickeltown, just play all the Nemons, get them. Mike lived in a lot of places around Greenville growing up, but he only remembers the name of two neighborhoods, Philcrest and Nickeltown. I wasn't familiar with either, so I looked up Nickeltown on the Opportunity Atlas, an online map that predicts and traces the economic opportunity index of children based on where they grow up. According to the Atlas, white children growing up in Nickeltown were predicted to have a future household income of $45,000 a year, while black children were predicted to earn only $22,000 a year in the future, which puts them right around the poverty line for South Carolina. To quote from its neighborhood profile on on the website Neighborhood Scout, Nickeltown real estate is primarily made up of small to medium-sized single-family homes and apartment complexes. Most of the residential real estate is occupied by a mixture of owners and renters. Nickeltown is also located in Zone 4, where police focus patrol to address youth and gang-related activities. I stayed in one spot until about 24, 25, and then I moved. Do you ever go to downtown Greenville? Mm, Not no more. I wanted to ask Mike what he thought about downtown Greenville, because not too long ago, Downtown Greenville was home to a struggling business center. 
In fact, it was 1979 when Main Street underwent a beautification project, and since then, this process of revitalization has not slowed down. And now, 40 years later, downtown Greenville is a major attraction, full of restaurants, shopping, and Falls Park, which, according to the Arbor Engineering website, brings people from all walks of life together in a spirit of joy, respect, and inclusion. It is Greenville at its best. And that's all well and fine, but when is the last time you saw someone in a different tax bracket at Falls Park? What would people do if people experiencing homelessness also began to share in the Falls Park that is supposed to unite us all? In 2020, new signs were placed around Main Street discouraging people from engaging with panhandlers. This was because the problem of homelessness had become overwhelming. And when I say problem of homelessness, the city was not trying to alleviate poverty. In fact, they were trying to push the poverty away from downtown. So who are the developers really trying to bring together? According to the Partnership for Sustainable Communities, Greenville's west side experienced a 300% increase in property tax revenue from 2002 to 2012 meaning property values have drastically increased and those who could not keep up with the rising rent were forced to find living elsewhere. I was curious to hear how Mike saw these changes. For real. It has changed a lot. How has it changed in the uh, past? Well, we didn't have a curfew. <laughs> really? There's yeah. a curfew? Yeah, we have a curfew. If you're not older than... What is it, Rick? What is it, uh, from downtown? What is it, what is it, how old you got to be, 18 or 21 to be downtown? Past what, like 11 o'clock? You remember? I think it's like eight. I think it's like 18 or 21. Like, it can't be past 11 to 12 o'clock at nighttime downtown. Like, we we didn't used to have that, but uh, we got a lot of brawlers out here. Yeah, people like to fight. Uh, like to fight anywhere. Really? Uh, uh, I mean, like any place else. So they just got, I guess, downtown Greenville got sick of it after years going on. We used to have riots, you know, downtown. So. Mike was right. The age is 18. This curfew is a 2009 city ordinance that prohibits people under the age of 18 to be downtown after 10 p.m. on Friday and Saturday, unless they have a parent with them. It's an effort to curb instances of teenage violence and vandalism, after there had been some citizen complaints and unruly crowds. I searched around for reports of riots, and a couple of sources said it was mostly gang-related activity, including one night when a gun was fired in the air, injuring no one but spooking everyone. <laughs> yeah, it should be bad. I mean, it's still kind of bad a little bit. I mean, but it's everywhere. It's a, it's a little bad everywhere. You think it's everywhere? Yeah. So did you go to high school here in Greenville? What high school did you go to? <laughs> Wilmot. <laughs> Wilmot. Wilmot? Yeah. <laughs> did you like it there? <laughs> it was cool. Mm-hmm. It was cool. I never really liked school ever, so. Yeah. But it was cool. Woodmont High School is a school located in nearby Piedmont. It was given a 33.4% grading by the U.S. News, based on an algorithm accounting for graduation rates, math and reading proficiency, test scores, etc., which I think is a little stingy. It is an international baccalaureate school with 34 athletic teams, and there's a 30% minority enrollment. To me, it looks like your typical high school in America. College wasn't a thing for me. Really? No. School period wasn't school. It was a thing for me, so... Mm-hmm. Once I left high school, I, I, I was done. 
done yeah. with it. That's it. I ain't got to really do anything else. At this point, Jennifer and Andrew, two other employees, came in from a break, and I asked them my favorite question. How would you describe Greenville in three words? And I think their answers really highlight the different perspectives someone can have on Greenville, just based on their lived experiences. Not true. <laughs> I mean, one of them, yeah. <laughs> what is it? Oh, the bitches. <laughs> shootouts and drugs. <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that, but we are. Shit, we're, and like, then, like, uh, uh, we're like in the top 10, top 5, like the most dangerous states in, in, like, in America. So I looked it up, and South Carolina is the fifth most dangerous state in America, according to roadsnacks.net, which calculated its ratings based on violent crime and property crime statistics released by the FBI in 2019. However, Greenville isn't even close to being the most dangerous city in South Carolina. Jennifer's right. Whitehorse Road is a lot more dangerous than, say, Wade Hampton to pedestrians, a lot of it having to do with the lack of streetlights found on Whitehorse. But I wasn't sure that's what she was talking about. Y'all feel like Whitehorse Road is dangerous? Yeah, it depends okay. on what's dangerous, like. Yeah, like the people or like the. Just I mean, like you lived here. Like, you know what I'm You've lived here all your life. You wouldn't really consider it dangerous. Here, she's talking to Mike, who seems to sort of agree. He doesn't think Whitehorse is as dangerous as they do. Oh, I've heard a lot of people <laughs> say they think Greenville is. Trying. Since starting at Furman, I've heard lots of different views on Greenville's rapid growth. My aunt, who went to Furman in the 90s, told me she, that she was jealous of all the fun you can have in Greenville as a college kid nowadays, while others seem to think Greenville has expanded far beyond what it should. So I wanted to hear what Jennifer thought about Greenville's focus on revitalization. Like, kind of neglecting other areas by doing that. Yeah, they're trying to put like all the like the wealthy people in downtown, like O5ers, they're trying to put all the wealthy people in downtown and move all the like the poor people outwards. By O5ers, Jennifer is referring to the zip code 29605, which covers a lot of very nice neighborhoods in Greenville. Like, uh, if you notice like downtown, like all the rich people downtown, all the broke people was white workers. According to the Urban Displacement Project, a study of gentrification done by United Way and Furman, downtown Greenville is already in deep stages of advanced gentrification. And, and mainly, let, like, Welcome Area, Cherry Dome, and all that is great. They won't let the fathers stay with the kids and shit in Section 8, either. Like, if you have felonies, you're not allowed to be in the Section 8. And mainly 80% of the motherfuckers around here got felonies. So Really? So a little background on the Section 8 in this clip. Section 8 housing refers to a, to a federal subsidy that gives financial assistance to people who are struggling to pay rent. 
To qualify for a Section 8 housing voucher, a household must make a gross total income below 50% of the median for their area. You can be on the waiting list to receive Section 8 housing for years. As a result of new guidelines intended to keep crime rates down within low-income housing, it can be very difficult for people with felonies to qualify for Section 8 housing. And there's a lot more white people going into Section 8 now, too, which is weird. The fact that, like, five years ago, there was none. Like, you, you was not white in Section 8. Do you all go downtown often, or do you go to, like, West End, or, like, where would you go to hang out in Greenville? Downtown. Waffle House? <laughs> Downtown. Uh-huh. Like, mainly... House. <laughs> like, people who haven't been from Greenville and they want to hang out somewhere, the main parts that they would either go would probably be Downtown or Cherryville. Right. Like, I mean, you're not... Like, let's say you're not from Greenville. Hey, right. And you come to Greenville, where would you specifically go? Downtown. You go any further from Downtown, you're going to be like, damn, man, I'm about to get shot. What brought you to Greenville? Uh, family. Family. Family, because I came up here again because it's like where all my people's at. So I came back around my people. Then I got back up here and it's like I knew everybody again. This is like home, you know? It was interesting to hear Andrew talk about finding his people in Greenville. And it reminded me of something they said earlier in the interview about Greenville being diverse. Even though I know Greenville contains multitudes, you don't often see people from all different parts of Greenville together in one place. And I wanted to know if they also felt this sense of separation. I mean, let, let me put it like this, let me put it like this. Let's say you didn't have this assignment. You just came to Greenville just to come to Greenville. What part would you go to? Downtown. Yeah, exactly. And then what would you see in downtown? Would you see what we've been talking about? And I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be no top way, but it's mainly how people grow up. You grow up with money, you don't grow up with money. You grow up poor, you're going to be around poor parts. You grow up rich, you with money, always having something on designer and stuff like that, you're going to be in the yes it is because look at you. Mike and Andrew start shaking their heads. It's not mainly like about how you grow up. It's mainly about the people you're around. If you're around your family all your life, then you're going to be around good parts. Like let's say your family is good parts. Like, me instance, I didn't grow up rich at all. I grew up like fucking house to house, so many different homes, having to work since I was like 13 type shit. I've always been having, I've always had a job since I was double digits, okay? If I got a grandpa, I feel so out of place because I'm like, damn, all these people like, if I'm not, if you're not dressed right, you're considered an outcast. If you ain't got a certain suit, The people that be hanging out in Greenville, I don't feel like they're from here. The people that's in downtown, they are not from here. I feel like they're really? all from Clemson. A lot of people okay. commute yeah. from Clemson yeah. to bring their ass to Greenville because they done got too old for the Clemson parties. And that's like teenagers, though. So they come out here to do the same thing on a different, with people their age. Do you like Greenville? Like, would you ever want to leave? Yeah, I'll leave this subject. You would? Yeah. Mm, you guys would, too? I'm going to roll. <laughs> yeah. Going to Rome, I feel that. Hell yeah. Amsterdam over here. Nah. Hell yeah. That's just. Right, I go to California. I go to California. Yeah, I go Missouri. Because actually. everything's legal. I actually like Amsterdam. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to say that. Smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's okay. She can go to California or Colorado, bro. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to say, I actually like I'll leave you with this. Looking at all the interviews, there is one common denominator Greenville is home. It's where Andrew knew where his people were. It's where Tony McDade gets to see his granddaughter. It's where Furman students can find their place. And Greenville is home to everyone. 
home to the homeless, home to the hurt, home to the successful, the rich, the poor, the CEOs, the unemployed. And I think the first step to becoming one Greenville is a better appreciation and understanding of everyone who calls Greenville home.